Ambitious is presented by Liquid IV. Liquid IV is my go-to hydration and energy supplement. It is the top of the line for superior hydration. I personally drink Liquid IV every morning. It helps me get hydrated and energized to start my day, do my regular lifestyle, and do my athletic lifestyle. If I want to get a workout in, I drink Liquid IV beforehand. If I want to hit the books, I drink Liquid IV beforehand. It is a top-notch and good-for-you drink. It tastes delicious as well. My favorite flavor is the lemon ginger, but they have a Kai Berry. They have a limited time pear that they just came out with. They have passion fruit. They have so many varied flavors, so many different purposes. They have different supplements that can come that do different purposes, uh, more hydration focused, more energy focused, more workout focused. Whatever you need, Liquid IV can give it to you. It is a top notch product and it is ambitious approved and you should all go out and buy it right now check out liquid iv all over their social medias and at liquidiv.com to get you some liquid iv today get hydrated and get the best hydration you possibly can and do it with liquid iv now back to the show yo what is up and welcome back to ambitious with dylan price it feels great to say that it has been a minute um took a month off Came back, did that interview with Taekwon Marshall, absolute pleasure, and then I uh, went away for another month. Um, the explanation behind that, uh, I'll do it the back half of this episode, don't want to distract from uh, the meat and potatoes of the episode itself, um, and I'll address the future of Ambitious, which I kind of have redeveloped and reinvented to an extent. Before that, though, I do want to talk a little bit about sports, because at its core, Ambitious has always been about sports. So I'm going to kind of run through some of the hot topics in sports right now, starting with UFC 264, which occurred last night. I am recording this on Sunday night, and it will be released. You'll be hearing this right now on Monday morning, so it explains the uh, time span a little bit there. But going first, uh, talking about UFC 264, Dustin Poirier beats Conor McGregor. First round, TKO by Dr. Stoppage. So originally, I planned on recording this episode, which I did on Saturday, and previewing everything and then talking about it um, and judging my prediction after I had recorded it and doing a little bit of contrast there. But my prediction ended up being so far off from what actually happened based on the absurdity of the finish of this bout that... I had to re-record the entire um, segment and episode as a whole. And that's due in part to the fact that, yes, I expected Conor McGregor to win this fight. As much as Dustin Poirier has continued to impress me, and I think he is an exceptional UFC fighter, by the book, the good guy, and as Khabib said after the fight, good defeats evil, that's great. I've always respected Dustin Poirier, but Conor McGregor's Conor McGregor. Everybody wants to see McGregor on top because he adds juice and excitement to the sport. He even said that in his post after uh, getting pulled out on the stretcher. He quoted the Scarface quote saying that you need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say that's the bad guy. Exactly who Conor McGregor is. He's always thrived in that villain persona. And him being back to that top of the class UFC fighter would have been exceptional for UFC. Unfortunately, it's going to take a little more time for that to happen. If Conor McGregor goes out, I highly doubt this is what happens, but if he goes out as his last image being on the stretcher, going out with that quote, going out with that moment, it's not an awful way to go out considering he went out with a smile on his face as he got stretchered out with one of the most gruesome ankle injuries in the past decade. 
With that said, though, Dustin Poirier, he won the fight. He deserves credit for it. He won the last fight handedly. And not only was this his win in the trilogy, I do think Dustin Poirier looks better as a UFC fighter right now. Poirier is going to probably have another fight before a potential McGregor fourth fight because at this point it seems as if it's written in the cards that McGregor is going to want to come back and fight again because he was dominating a bulk of that first round before he ultimately had that gruesome ankle injury. But I think both of them should probably take a little time away, take other fights. McGregor maybe fight Diaz again or fight uh, fight a boxer potentially and take on Manny Pacquiao or settle the score with uh, the ongoing one-sided feud with Jake Paul. Potential solutions for McGregor to maybe get a little juice back, but I don't think he should run right back and do another fight with Dustin Poirier, but the likelihood is that there will be a fourth fight probably at the start of 2022 between the two, and then you'll have the final conclusion to this, what should have been a trilogy, now being a uh, four-fight series. But all in all, um, good event. UFC 264 was a very good event. Um, Sean O'Malley with another win, suddenly becoming one of the rising stars, not really suddenly, but kind of planted himself very well as one of the top rising stars in UFC, as he's already kind of been marching up to that point. Really a uh, resume win last night. But ultimately, the story ended up being McGregor's gruesome injury and the fight that was so heavily anticipated, had a great first round, but ended up with the finish not living up to uh, expectations. I want to talk a little more about some other stuff. I'm going to dive into the NBA Finals. The Suns are up 2-0, but currently the Bucks are leading. And uh, with the current uh, referee situation, I believe the stat is Chris Paul has never won in the playoffs with Scott Foster as the crew chief for the ref staff. Um, obviously, I mean, Scott Foster's kind of got a reputation of not being the most reliable referee, but it's a coincidence. You could say that they're 0-11 with them, with him as the ref, but I mean, the series is back in Milwaukee. They kind of had some juice going at the finish of that game last week, and Giannis really put on a dominant performance, I mean, at the end of uh, the second game. And I think that Milwaukee winning this game seems like it would make sense. I think the Suns end up winning almost in a gentleman sweep type with a 4-1 to one finish, and they close it out in, uh, in Phoenix. But I think that um, it's going to take... It's going to take Chris Middleton really playing to the top of his caliber, Drew Holiday playing very good complimentary basketball, and Giannis continuing to show up and show out for the Bucks to win because the Suns are just such a well-oiled machine that it's going to be hard to topple them. But who knows what can happen while they're in Milwaukee. Maybe a momentum swing occurs. I do expect it to end up being a uh, Suns win, though. I'm going to dive into a couple other topics. Um, one is still related to the NBA, and that is the ongoing debate between the, I guess, I want to say more than, not necessarily the fans, but more the media versus the current NBA Finals of saying that the Suns and the Bucks being here is invalidated. So this has gotten furthered a little more by players calling out the injuries that have occurred in the playoffs, which have been plentiful and unfortunate, and also spearheaded a little more by the face of the NBA, LeBron James. LeBron James went out of his way to acknowledge the fact that he believes, you know, injuries played a massive part in the reason he's on the sidelines right now and the reason a lot of teams are on the sidelines and didn't get fair shakes. 
And I think that whole narrative is incredibly unfair. This injuries kind of debate goes back to the start of the season when there was questions about should we push back the season because of um, because of COVID and the quick turnaround post-bubble. And even the bubble, there was debate about maybe pushing it back. And LeBron was one of the spearheaders of, ah, maybe we should just end the season then. And ultimately, yes, the Lakers won the title, but it was a massive uh, outweighed vote and ended up being a bubble season because everybody wanted the opportunity to make more money, more revenue as players, and compete for a title. And once again, that was the case this season, where postponing the season or going to a um, later start, they ended up being outweighed because they made it work. You know, so you started at a later time either way so that the turnaround wasn't too extreme, but there was still the quick turnaround, even though some people wanted more of a turnaround. And it allowed the players to continue to make money, although it was a little shorter of a season. Um, it still ended up being a successful season, I would say. And yes, playoff injuries have been a problem, but you can't say that's really shifted the entire, I guess, direction of the series or of the playoffs, because coming out of the bubble last year, the Suns were undefeated, had some of the most momentum in basketball, unfortunately just missed the cut to get into the playoffs. Otherwise, they could have made some noise last season before Monty Williams was even there and Chris Paul were even there. Now they're a well-oiled machine, and they deserve to be there. I truly believe they are the best team in the Western Conference, and they deserved to be in the playoffs, or deserve to be in the NBA Finals, and everything they've had in the playoffs in terms of success is deserving. Now, going to the Eastern Conference side, yes, you could make the case that the Brooklyn Nets deserve to be in the Finals and not the Milwaukee Bucks, but ultimately, the Bucks are here. They are a great team. They do deserve to be here, although at points they do make basketball-related decisions that are kind of... Not the smartest. Um, I'm not going to use some of the word choicing that ESPN has, but I do think that at points they don't make the smartest decision. They are still a deserving team. Maybe not the most deserving, but deserving. And every year there's teams that get in that aren't the most deserving because they've put a good run together. Last season, the Miami Heat put together a run in the bubble that arguably wasn't as a deserving team had the season gone the right way and there not been a 60-day layoff. But they got to the finals, and nobody was arguing about them being in the finals. So I would say that this whole narrative, especially being pushed by LeBron James of all people, is mis... There's a lot of misguided ideas about it, and I don't necessarily agree with it. And I think that it's just complaining for the sake of complaining and kind of drawing attention away from the fact that this is going to be and already is a very exciting and rejuvenated NBA Finals, and it's a breakup of the continuous oh, we have Steph Curry on this side, or we have Kawhi Leonard on this side, and then it's always LeBron on the other side, and just that consistent rehashing of the same matchups. We have a new, fresh matchup between guys like Devin Booker, Giannis Antetokounmpo, rising stars, and then still some veterans like Chris Paul and Drew Holiday, who are deserving veterans to get this opportunity. So I would really kind of pump the brakes on that whole argument about rest time and it causing injuries. Now, the last thing I want to talk about before I close out here is the Home Run Derby. Uh, obviously, this is a little bit of a shorter episode as I'm already getting into the back half here. But the Home Run Derby is tonight, and I have my prediction. So, I'm going to go matchup by matchup, actually, and give a full, full-fledged full uh, breakdown of how I see it all folding out. But starting with the number one seed, Shohei Otani, versus the number eight seed, Juan Soto. Going to be the 
a great, great matchup to kick things off. I think Shohei wins this, but I think Juan Soto puts up more of a fight than you'd expect. I think if Juan Soto had a different matchup, he'd definitely be making the semifinals. But uh, excited to see this matchup. There's a lot of hype surrounding Shohei right now, and if he can win the home run derby, it would only further it. But I expect a strong performance from him. Not his strongest in the first round, but a, a strong one. Look for Juan Soto to potentially pull off an upset, but I think Otani walks away with the win. On the other side, two-seed Joey Gallo will take on Trevor Story, the hometown kid from Colorado here, representing his Colorado Rockies. I think the home field advantage, working the crowd, his power at times, it really suits Trevor Story well for this. Don't discount Joey Gallo here. He's the kind of hitter who would fare great in a home run derby, but I think that Trevor Story with the crowd in his back pulls off the upset as the seventh seed and takes down Joey Gallo. And then back on the other side, Salvador Perez versus Pete Alonso. Another great matchup here. Um, I would love to see Perez knock off Alonso just because um, Salvi deserves a shot, I'd say, to go for the title this year. And uh, it'd be exciting to see him make a run. But Pete Alonso's swing, it showed he is a great home run hitter in the past, in his Rookie of the Year season, and then it also showed when he won the Home Run Derby in 2019. He's the defending champ, and I think the defending champ gets to face the potential new champ in a real coronation in the second round of Otani versus Alonzo. And now we have to pick Trevor Story's opponent, and I think that's going to be Trey Mancini. Matt Olson's got sneaky good power, but Trey Mancini, the story, everything he's fighting for, coming back from cancer, I love the story, and I would love to see two guys who have really good storylines going up against each other in the semifinals in Story versus Mancini, and it makes the game a little more exciting in the uh, tournament a little more exciting. Otani versus Alonzo, defending champ versus the new already coronated champ before he's even won. Going to be a hell of a battle. I think Otani wins still. I think he's just hotter right now as a hitter, but I uh, he's already won one in Japan too. He knows the home run derby format well, so I think Otani goes to the finals and Pete Alonso puts a little bit of a dud on in the semifinals, but uh, excited to see what Otani can do nonetheless and uh, in that battle with Alonso, but I think the finals is really going to be where he shows up and shows out. Mancini versus Story. My heart wants to go Mancini and root for them. Comeback Story post-cancer, but... Um, Trevor Story's swing is going to do really well. He, it already does well in that ballpark. I think Story versus Otani is going to be a great, great final. Um, I really, if it was Pete Alonso on the other side, I'd think it'd be Alonso versus Otani in the final. I think Alonso is going to put up a really good first round. I think the second round might be a little worse because he's going to probably tire himself out. Who knows? He won it already once, but um, I think it ends up being Story versus Otani in the final. I would. I think Alonso is going to beat both the other two, Story and Mancini's total, but I still think uh, Story walks away with it, and I think Otani puts up a good performance um, and walks away with the win in the finals, but look out for Story. I mean, this could be anybody's race. I think it's the safe bet to go with Otani, and it's the exciting bet because with all the spark and buzz around him right now, I mean, the All-Star weekend is kind of devoted to him. He's pitching, he's hitting in the All-Star game, and he's in the Home Run Derby. He's the star of baseball right now. He's already won a Home Run Derby once in Japan. I'm excited to see what he can do uh, in the American MLB Home Run Derby and see if he can add another bell to uh, his extensive resume that's already been formed in a short time this season. With that said, I uh, thank you for listening to my NBA talk, my UFC talk, and my MLB talk, and now to uh, address my absence. 
So the last two months, I have been prepping for a major milestone in life. I walked across the stage and officially graduated high school. Between prepping for finals, ended up getting the opportunity that I am incredibly grateful for to speak at graduation. And you can head over to my personal page, actually, Dylan.Price1127. I don't plug it much, but I recorded my graduation speeches on there and... Um, I really am very proud of it and all the time and effort myself and um, my two phenomenal teachers put into it and Miss Calora, I know you listen to this podcast, so uh, here's your shout out. Thank you for everything and Miss Joyce Turner as well. Um, so I've been working incredibly hard. I know I said, um, she's going to catch that too. <laughs> um, uh, the last two months I've worked incredibly hard to finish that speech, finish my year, finish my scholarships, whatever else in life and get ready for my next chapter. So the last two months, I'm sorry for my absence. I hope you can understand the absence, obviously, with a lot of craziness going on in my life. But I mean, this is what I love. I love this podcast. No matter what happens going forward into the next chapter of my life, recording this has given me an outlet and an opportunity to speak to so many people in a times where, especially this last year where everything has been so closed off and so isolated, this has given me a platform to talk to people. And I'm incredibly grateful to have that and to give have the opportunity to give you guys a little break from your day and a break from reality. And if I could even do some semblance of that, I mean, this is what I'm here for. This is what I strrive to do. But going forward, Ambitious is going to look a little different. I can't make any promises about what the consistency will look like going forward because I'm getting ready to go to college in the fall and I have a very crazy, crazy um, next few months ahead of me. But in talking at least about what my interviews, what my content is going to look like, it's shifted. I've always strived to interview ambitious people to hold true to the name of Ambitious with Dylan Price because I believe I'm ambitious and I love talking to other ambitious people because their energies match well. One thing, though, that I've always had an interest in is leadership. I am an Eagle Scout. I've been taught growing up to value leaders and respect leaders and strive to be a leader. So it's something I've always valued and wanted to do. And then this past year, I had the opportunity to take leadership positions as a senior in high school and really get to grow and work with other incredible leaders. And after doing that, I've realized that I have a passion for leading and helping people. Although I can pursue my passion of broadcasting by doing this podcast here and going to school for broadcasting, it's a little harder to pursue leadership and coaching and helping others. So in order to kind of get a feel of what they go through, what they strive to do, and what allows them to wake up every day so excited to help people and what makes them so passionate about it, I wanted to talk to them. So over the next few months, or however long this goes, this little series, um, it could be the bulk of Ambitious from here on out, but I want to interview ambitious leaders. For the most part, they're going to be coaches, and it's going to change at times. There's going to be politicians, different people on here who are leaders in all facets of life. But for the next four weeks, I have four incredible coaches lined up to come on, uh, football coaches specifically, who are going to talk to me about their bringing up uh, or their upbringing, um, how they became football coaches, how they fell in love with coaching and helping people, how they strive to coach, what they do differently than other coaches, what they do the same and what's similar trends. And I'm incredibly excited to pick their brains. This is something I'm very passionate about. This is something I hope you will enjoy and 
uh, share around. And this is something I've wanted to do for a long time. And rather than, you know, produce some content like talking about UFC 264 and some other things that is so common in all these other podcasts you're listening to. I want to produce different conversations. So that's what these are going to be. From here on out, Ambitious is going to be a little more focused on talking to ambitious individuals legitimately and ambitious leaders. And I am incredibly excited for you guys to hear all of this content coming at you in the next few weeks and few months. And I thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart for all the support the last two and a half years of my life with everything that's gone on as I've gotten ready to get to this point and graduate. And now as I go to the next chapter of my life, I personally want to say thank you and hope you continue on this wild, wild journey that is this life with me. And stay tuned to how this podcast continues to grow and how I continue to grow. So thank you so much for listening. You can find us on social media at Ambitious Podcast or, uh, well, that's Instagram. And then Twitter is at Ambitious with DP. YouTube is Ambitious with Dylan Price. And I can't thank you enough, Ambitious listeners. And I will be back at you next week with another episode.